Hello, everyone. Welcome to Oso oh the Podcast. We're going to start our live in a second. Let me just make sure my co-hosts are on. Aaron, are you there? Live TV. Oh, Aaron, there you are. This is live radio, folks. Okay, let me see. Um, Aaron, can I hear you? Okay, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, perfect. Oh, oh my, my god. god. <laughs> First time this has worked. It's a, this is a win for me. Oh, thank god. I was so worried about messing up. <laughs> Same. It's it's live TV, baby. All right, I'm going to play the intro and we're going to do the thing. Hell yeah. 3, 2, 1, intro. Hello, hello, everyone. My name is Yoko Oso, and this is Oso, a podcast. And today, my guest is Aaron Lee of the infamous Retrograde the Podcast. Give it up, studio audience. (laughs) They love you. (laughs) For the first time, I'm welcomed by a crowd. Oh, yes, my socially distanced audience at home. (laughs) They don't exist. They're clapping in their heart. Uh, so I know Aaron from um, our four-year stint at San Juan Correctional Facility. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, we uh, went to school together. And actually, I saw your... Uh, the first thing that I saw of you or, like, involving you was your uh, art piece where you had, like, embroidered Mitski lyrics on some giant, like embroidery hoops and i still have that image like <laughs> in my phone oh thank you yeah that was i think it was like my my junior design piece i'm no wait it was some it was one art class i took i didn't fucking know <laughs> i paid <laughs> a lot like, of money for it it's, <laughs> it's like a comfort piece i don't know why it's like it sends the serotonin into my brain it's truly that's the only reason why i made art back then it's like this I, I don't know if they'll get it, but it feels right. It feels good. feels natural. feels pure. I'm not going to make fucking paintings. I'm just going to put Mitski lyrics on Canva. Canvases? Canva. It, uh, yes, language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever I hear the word Canva, I just hear my healthcare deplete. Because <laughs> that's going to take my job one of these days. Oh, my God. <laughs> so good so lighthearted. so normal i feel so normal today truly oh my god i have a migraine and so this is just me at my most unhinged which is perfect for today's topic what the fuck is going on with left tube (laughs) the question of of uh the last two years to be honest like, truly because it's it's kind of been like we've been watching this thing kind of get bigger and then like kind of spiral out of control a little absolutely absolutely i would i would say it went from like something that was like truly engaging and and wonderful and like feeling makes you feel good to something that is like all style no substance truly because it was like there's really like i mean before it's like i was really into you know, people like ContraPoints for their like nuanced takes and just their mm-hmm. ability to craft these like videos that have so much like these video essays that have so much like production value in them. And 
I mean, even now, it's just like <clears throat> I didn't see the one she did about J.K. Rowling. I think I stopped after the election one. Yeah, that one was. It, it's it's been a rough couple of videos, and now I I just can't even. I can't sit through it. I'm sorry. I just start to think like, what could I be doing with these 45 minutes? And that's Literally, the they're so long. They are so long, and then there's like maybe a nugget of information in each section. And you, it used to be at some point she was really engaging and entertaining with them. Mm-hmm. And I think that I mean the Biden one just seems so condescendingly like. I mean, I've been. I'm. This is going to come up again. The phrase "willingly obtuse." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like these very U.S. centric takes. It's these very, um, you know, glossing over any of the abhorrent like things that happened during the Obama administration that the Trump admin kind of just did. Right. And then we've got um, what's it called? Then she's acting as if I mean, she's trying to both sides the Biden situation truly, and it's just like I think to make any net positive, she's just like trying to split the difference, and it's like. Joe, Joe Biden isn't going to be our way out of a fascist, like, um, what do you call it? Just like, um, no, I, dem- democracy is the wrong word. I want to say autocracy. There's like a, there's a word for this that I'm trying, that's just like lost oh, on me. oligarchy? Oligarchy. Yeah, that's it. It's like totally mm-hmm. just like lost in this oligarchy. And I mean, that video was just like really pandering. I was like, it's shocking for her. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that it peaked like her. She reached her peak with the incels video. I think that her incels video was like the most biting, punchy uh, uh, content, like in terms of the facts that she was bringing up and all the information that it was giving and detailing and with combined with some really stellar uh, uh, visuals and, and the whole piece felt very cohesive. And it was truly, I think, the embodiment of it's time where we were getting a lot of this really great content out of left tube. And then I think that like just this uh, uh, wash of like content that looked pretty much the same kind of defanged all the different points that she was making throughout her career up until this point where like, as you mentioned, like these, these takes have almost no nuance. They lack uh, in a lot of ways. And I think it's starting to show how glaringly white this space is. Yeah, and that's the thing about I mean, with Le- with Left Tube as a brand, it's mm-hmm. a, it's really a, it's an extremely white space. I mean, you've got contrapoints, you've got like, um, I mean, she just transitioned, and um, oh my god, I'm blanking on her name, Philosophy Tube. Yes, yes, um, Abigail. Abigail, yes, I'm still blanking out. I didn't want to uh, dead name her, yeah, and yeah, yeah. um. And then the main subject of today's thing is, like, Lindsay Ellis. So, like, and Lindsay is really, she's, like, pretty, she kind of stays out of politics as a um, realm. Like, not the way ContraPoints is, like, very, um, not both, a little more both sidesy lately. But um, Lindsay is kind of just, like, outside. I mean, I don't follow her Twitter for a reason. Well, but you, it I mean, was you like can't anymore anyway. I can't if I tried because she deleted it. <laughs> it's like, well, now I can't even I can't even the five people can't be outraged at her Twitter anymore. <laughs> it truly was like maybe two, I saw two tweets about it that were like very cohesive and very much named her that wasn't just like a sub 
thrown uh, into the void. Uh, and then she deleted. Like, literally, t it took two tweets. And then the dogpiling happened. Because, you know, it, as soon as you delete your Twitter, it just becomes like, holy shit, you had all of these followers. Uh, was she uh, uh, verified? I don't even remember. I don't think so. She okay. I can't look it up. Actually, I can probably see the screenshot on my phone that I have <laughs> somewhere. I feel like she might... She seems... You know what? And that was a joke that ContraPoints made about, like, being blue-check Twitter. Now that she got verified, it's like, oh, yeah. that lacks awareness. <laughs> it just doesn't. It doesn't have the same kind of bite when you are yourself verified on Twitter. Yeah, it's like kind of you can joke about it all you want, but you're gonna eventually kind of go into that mindset of, and she kind of already has become blue check Twitter. And I mean, it's sad because she did have these really biting things about the, as you said, like about incels and the alt right. She's so right when it comes to. The criticisms on the right, but when it's the left, it seems like she's just being obtuse just to, you know, sell a narrative, especially lately. Mm, yeah. And so with like the the her take on um, Lindsay deleting her Twitter over that really not that nuanced take on Raya. And that's the thing I liked Raya. It was a cute movie. Mm -hmm. Disney could have done anything to promote it, right? And no, it could have yeah. not made it thirty dollars a fucking view. I think that it was just like a. It was, it's kind of suffers from like this and Frozen 2 of Disney going into franchise building and less world building. And yeah. I think that's what she's trying. I think that's what Lindsay was trying to say when she's comparing it to Avatar, calling mm -hmm. it part of this genre of Avatar redos. But that's also like a bit um, oblique and just like not really like, not really on the, the core of what it is. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, Asian-inspired um, media these days, but not everything is like not every fantasy thing is in the Avatar realm. A, they have the they have similar points of reference. They're just not Avatar. Yeah, and and her first point should have been like if that was what she was going for, I feel like it should have been like oh, uh, Asian media as written by white people once again just following the same tropes, and that would have gotten her original point across, I guess. Yeah. But, like, it needs to be a point about, like, specifically the whiteness of it, because otherwise you're just criticizing Asian media. Well, and it's like, someone yeah. did make the point to say that Raya is, like, you know, to its benefit, it's, like, it's not specifically, you know, it's the general of Southeast Asia, mm -hmm. instead of, like, saying it's a specifically, like, a Filipino film, or specifically like a Thai film, or Indonesian. Right. And I guess, I mean... You know, there's, there's things I recognize in it being Filipino. There's parts of Filipino culture I recognize in it. And I think, oh, that's a, mm -hmm. a cute nod to it. I don't think I... There's enough, honestly, there's enough Filipino media already. <laughs> Do I need a Pixar Filipino movie? Mm -hmm. And this is just to like... This is kind of just to like, get that kind of... Because we've seen everything, like, in the terms of, like, mythology. Like, you've, like... You've got, like, um, the Lord of the Rings series, Dungeons and Dragons. So many of these series are just Europe-inspired... Right. They're not specifically a European culture. And, you know, that's one of the things I like that Lindsay has talked about on her channel is like the, the Disneyfication of culture, you know, yeah. where it was like that, um, the one she did about like the hunchback and how it's the, um, and Pocahontas. All these cultures are almost like this um, caricature almost of the culture, but not really like um, the actual culture themselves. Because I think that if you do talk about, Filipino culture, you're going to have to talk about um, 
the Spanish invading. Yeah. Uh, Spanish imperialism. Spanish imperialism, sex trafficking, sex tourism, especially. So it's like, you talk about these countries, you're going to have to talk about, like, you know, the things that make them why they are. Yeah, yeah. Which is like a lot of loaded history that does not look good in a Western context. Not a Disney film, especially. Yeah, oh my God. I would love to see it. I mean, I would love to see Disney try that shit. (laughs) Oh my God. See, see, pick, see some little Filipino girl singing her way out of being a sex trafficked. Oh my god! Oh god! <laughs> Score by Alan Menken. You know, if oh. they still have him on retainer. Oh god! I can't. I can't even. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I can't. It's so. But that's the thing. It's like I. I get that's why they would write Raya that way. And mm-hmm. I think when she called, when she was trying to say it, it's just an avatar re- part of this avatar redo, it's like there was a more nuanced way that I get mm-hmm. it's Twitter. No one can say anything in like 200. You can't make Twitter is not a place for intelligent discussion. And I have alert, come to learn that. Oh, yeah. YouTube is just barely a place for intelligent discussion. <laughs> And that's because you have at least the control of like a one-sided conversation. But even then, it's like because it's a one-sided conversation, you need to make your point in one go, and that's it. You get it. Like that, you get your one shot, and you have however much time you want. But you can't rebuttal someone's uh, uh, critique of it. So without making a whole other video, exactly, or exactly. replying to them. Like um, I did this video on. Um, I don't know if you were around that time, but in the like the New York punk scene with like Power Bottom and all of them. Yes. Oh my God. I remember that shit going around on Tumblr, like people calling uh, Power Bottom. Tumblr, and that's a name. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard from her in a while. <laughs> I'm still active on Tumblr, to be honest, but that's <sighs> because it's like an. I feel like it's almost like an anti-social media place. Like there are no advertisers. There's no influencers. Everyone just. Uh, uh, the truly a social media exactly exactly oh that's what i call my tinder oh my god (laughs) jesus christ do you put that on tinder because that i think is that's a good one oh my no but i think now tinder has become ads so it's just like it it used to be that tinder was just the most asocial place i could go to get like a thousand matches and talk to absolutely no one (laughs) i'm just there to look at my own profile Literally, like, I'm here to look, well, now I'm here to look at my, um, rearrange my top 10 songs and just change my age every year, sadly. <laughs> why, why change your age? Because I only check it, like, once a year, and then I'm like, oh, this still says I'm oh, 23. Jesus Christ. I feel, I, why doesn't it run on, like, an actual birthday? You know what? I can't question this. I can't oh, because my I'm Facebook gonna... birthday is different from my actual birthday for, like, safety reasons. Oh, Oh my god. Yeah, it was like I think it was I made my Facebook when I was like um I don't know, I was either underage or just like trying to avoid um being found by school. Oh I feel god. like it was a And so wait, where was like where was I going with this? Oh, so power bottom. power bottom. So I made this power bottom video about Ben Hopkins kind of coming back in their career and it kind of got like like a couple hundred views. Mm-hmm. And then I saw someone else who like, um, this other white YouTuber who was like non-binary and white. Um, mm-hmm. So all of Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Stop, you're right. 
Am I? Did I lie? But so basically, it's like their video is just like kind of like you know they talk about the the literary implications of the new Ben Hopkins record as opposed to the actual reality that it lives in that this person was like accused of sexual assault by like and one of the victims actually saw it with their own eyes and this person just will glaringly like ignoring this and that one got like a couple like it's like almost like a not like this is numbers and like today numbers but it's like a thousand views it's just like in terms of like people talking about the subject their video was extremely reactionary Mm -hmm. it was just like totally um just not any there was this minimal substance to it whereas like i spent like weeks preparing filming editing and just like doing this video and i only got like a couple hundred views and this could just be the algorithm itself mm-hmm. um it's still probably one of my more viewed videos on my youtube channel mm-hmm. but still it just seems like what what is the what is the system on this thing because i didn't even use their music to you know so i wouldn't get copyright striked right right and and that's the thing, isn't it? With like YouTube, it's not just the uh, the fact that there are so many content creators that are so 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 white in this space, but also the fact that like these algorithms are computer generated and automatically promote white people. As soon as they identify someone who is white in the thumbnail, they're like, oh, gotta boost this shit. Gotta oh, yeah. make sure everyone sees this. Gotta this get me my person. fucking classically Abby uh, oh, ads in my. God. I get classically Abby and Ben Shapiro ads in my YouTube now, which is like, oh no, what content am I watching? What? Yeah, like, uh, but I don't get it, cause like, it knows that I prefer leftist content, and like, it it I mean, it knows me in every other way. But then I'll get these ads that are like this bitch looking dead on at at the camera, and it's so like conservative scary. housewife. Why it's important? Oh God, it is so terrifying. I get chills just thinking about it and then i've seen her food on on threads on twitter and i'm like oh 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 god oh no what does she cook oh it look it literally looks like uh god like dog food like you put (laughs) you you upturn a can of dog food and she's like hashtag trad wife trad wife wife. oh my god God, I can't. I can't. It's just unbearable. I can't imagine. Really, the only way the tradition of a wife is to feed your husband like a dog. Honestly, maybe she did make some points in that regard. (laughs) (laughs) This is this is the classic example of going so far in one direction, you end up in the other place that they warn you about in high school. She's Uh, accidentally like serving a metaphor. (laughs) She's it's layered. I am like sending a direct world. message to accidentally left-wing Twitter right now. For <laughs> classically Abby's cooking. Oh my god. And her husband, her husband looks um, like one of the saddest men I have seen. Oh my god. And out of which dumpster outside of Fordham did she pull this man from? <gasps> Fordham University! <laughs> Not the Rosedale campus. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Oh my god! I mean, it's also, uh, what's her name? Uh, fucking, um, what's... Oh, what's, are you talking what's, about Gun Girl? Yeah, gut, Poopy Pants Gun Girl. Um, <laughs> her husband is a bottom. Her husband looks like every, like, little white swank bottom that, like, goes to, um, boxers or, or what's one of those clubs and he, like, he still thinks Christopher Street is, like, um, a white space. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Now we're getting into local shit. 
I still remember so many New York things. It's like I, I, I try, I try to come back every year, so I'm not like out of the loop. Mm-hmm. I performed in Manhattan for the first time when I was there in like 2019. Oh, it was like, oh, Manhattan, I've made it. I, it was a lovely seven o'clock. Sh- it's and it's a seven o'clock show over in like Chinatown. Oh hell yeah! It was like this little cabaret theater over by Chinatown. And so it's just like every year, it's like whenever I'm like in the city, I just try to like, mm-hmm. what like what what's what's the queers about? Because that's the thing is like, with um, I think it, when I was in college, I was just no, I like lightly got into like queerness. I I would see like drag queens at uh, the Stonewall or something, and I'd be like, oh, that's mm. cute. I could never do that, and here I am, fully still doing <laughs> drag. <laughs> it's it's the it's the. Uh, Catholic conservatism of oh, God. that just overbearingly like oppresses you just by being there. Truly, honestly, I did not know that the devil needed this many advocates then at a Catholic <laughs> school. Literally, literally, uh, just uh, at a church on campus. The the fathers who all live in that little house where they have like flat screen TVs. Oh my God, that was paid for by an Asian woman. Who took it out oh, of the money? You're talking about the the uh, what's her name? Who like? I think her name was like Chang. Yeah, she did. Oh my god! And my that uncle, who who told me about Saint, who was like my referral for Saint John's, who like mm-hmm. uh, went here in the '80s for his master's degree. He's like, oh, I used to drive around Cecilia um, between um, campus and like New Jersey to like Atlantic City. She'd go to Atlantic City every weekend to go oh. hook up with the father. The <gasps> father in the university, and Ooh. they hold a rendezvous, and he just has to drive. That's his. That was his work scholarship, by the way, his yeah, work study. She, that was part of her uh, scandal was that she was hiring uh, student workers to like pick up her dry cleaning and like drive her around, and she used school money to pay for her kids' like um, law school, and she had her husband killed. That yeah, they were like they were investigating uh, the suspicious death of her late husband. Uh, around the same time. Yeah, and that was, like, in, it's, like, that is suspicious. And then she just ends up, like, killing herself because, I mean, she hit it very well. It's this almost this, like, little, little backwards racism where she kind of knew to use it to adv- her advantage. Because <laughs> she literally just told the priest, oh, it's a, it's in the, in the Asian culture to, you know, give gifts like this. Not Meanwhile, she's fully taking school scholarship money to give these, like, Rolex watches to the priest. Oh my god, she finessed that shit. She truly, oh my god, it it it's insane to me that like there's a whole group of uh, a lot, like there's a small group of us who knows about this, and then the rest of school of these kids who go to the school do not like you they do not the, know about it. It's it's the kids wild. from Rinconcoma who live in their own little world. <laughs> oh my god, Jesus Christ, the lure. Or, oh, oh my god, uh, in band, there was this kid who used to, who was from, like, Syracuse, who used to fully send me, like, edited articles about, like, um, from, I think it was, like, Breitbart or some, like, really, like, some misinformation factory. Where it was just, like, you just replace the phrase, the word Donald Trump with Bernie Sanders and says, that's a, look how racist Bernie Sanders is. It's like, oh, that's just, I can look this up in, like, any other site and see that that is about Donald Trump. And you can like and, read those things, and right underneath, just simmering at the bottom, you can see some anti-Semitic shit just like boiling. Oh yeah, and you know, it's like how it's also the fact that how are you in college and you have no media literacy? And 
circling back to my point here, I think the reason why I was so in imbued in left tube at like coming out of college mm-hmm. was the fact that we had to take three fucking philosophy courses. Yes. Yes. And that's what got me so much into left tube because it's like I feel like I was so I I took these classes I lightly use on a day-to-day basis for a reason but left tube really made me feel like oh i'm using this knowledge like there's a way to take this bullshit i've crammed into my head for the past three years and say i am going to make something entertaining out of that yes yes especially uh i feel like the contrapoints philosophy tube um they come from a place where they are like hard academics they both have a very hard academic background specifically in philosophy so there's that foundational uh western philosophy that classic uh knowledge that is like imbued in a lot of their early videos um that uh it's really clear to see and it was just like fun to be able to apply the stuff that we learned in, in those three semesters of of philosophy uh, actually applied over into these ideas that you know mattered a lot to us like these leftist ideas of being like uh, against alt-right uh, bigotry and um, kind of standing up against all of that and like being able to see all of that in a way that was like validated by our own knowledge I feel like that was just like another big reason why I got into it as well to like push not only these ideas that we were taught, but to like actually apply them in in a way that like meant a lot to me personally. Right. Because I mean, it just seems like such abstract concepts. Like I'll never Mm -hmm. use this, but I think in a way it informs so much of what we do. Like, um, my first, uh, my first year I took a sociology course, like totally random, um, just whatever class was available at the time. And I think the professor I took with that class really, like, I think I can pinpoint like my radical, transition into like you know being like oh you know um everything's fine because this was like uh 2014 2013 when we came and we were still in the obama era when we were at st john so it's just like oh i was like everything's okay and then i was like i had the sociology course with this professor dr defazio mm-hmm. and he unfortunately just recently passed away um last year due to covid um but the man was like and the man was brilliant, and he, you know, worked at St. John's with like these initiatives for the poor. He had the a lot of his courses were life stories, but I mean, that's kind of where sociology comes in, and I think is the most mm-hmm. honestly the best way to apply sociology is like having to live it. And so he basically he told us straight up the first day like Obama is a Republican, and I was like, <laughs> you know what, you're right. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, for a St. John's professor, I'm like. You're right. Uh, I can't believe he worked for St. John's that long, considering that that was his take. <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously. And I, I mean, this is a contrast to the semester before, where I was literally, like, hearing every argument for, like, you know, um, why women shouldn't have abortions. It's like, uh, it's like uh, and the little white crosses and that one girl on the Great Lawn who with that, her little pamphlets. Those, those... Camp camp men, I got beef with camp men. Like these people would like have all kinds of pro life bullshit, whatever's. Like they would always be the weirdest people that you just needed to avoid at all costs. Like they just had the worst takes. They were like the physical embodiment of all those disgusting articles and bad takes that you see online. Oh yeah, it's like, where do you get your media from? I mean. You have to always scrutinize the media you consume, but it's like, mm-hmm. this is just like 
willingly just like taking in every piece of like confirmation bias media possible mm-hmm. to like say, oh, abortion is uh, bad actually. It's like, so how many kids have you adopted this year? Um, how many, <laughs> how many ab- non-abortion mothers are you, you know, helping financially succeed? Exactly, exactly. It is just like, there is no cognitive, it's the cognitive dissonance of these people just like making these terrible, awful takes while at the same time just uh, sitting on a campus. Like, what are you doing? What are you actually contributing? A college campus that like still to this day, like, see, I mean, even our year, it got you know, Dan Savage, it got better um, <laughs> because we eventually got a fucking LGBT campus uh, group on campus. Whereas, yeah. like, right before we came, right before we came in, they said no. They were yeah. like, no LGBT group on campus. It's like, no, I remember that. That wasn't until our our sophomore year where they were just like starting to think, like, entertain the idea, and even yeah. Then, uh, Spectrum is controlled by Camp Min because they can't be too <gasps> Really? Yes. <laughs> oh shit! I didn't know that. That's that's why I won. <laughs> that's why I was wondering, like, what I had an icky feeling about um, Spectrum. I like, I um, had to just. Um, I was never into being in L- organized LGBT groups because I think that there was like there's I compartmentalize it as like LGBT and queer, and I mm-hmm. think this is the better way of saying it now that I've kind of realized it, it's like, I feel like I've never been in like, you know, when I think of LGBT, I think of like, just like, you know, I think of like thin, white and accessible mm. and like um, the glee version of what a, a of what a, a queer person <laughs> looks like. like. When I hear queer, it's like queer is it's like, it's a, it's a queering of gender. It's a queering of identity. It's a queering of, you know, preferences mm-hmm. more than it is just like, you know, I'm a, a, heterotypical fucking like uh neurotypical um muscle gay with money i have a house over in the hamptons and i wear andrew christian to go to boxers chelsea it's giving me i would never date someone outside of my race it's giving me i'm in a certain class it's giving me uh fucking vineyard vines (gasps) (laughs) vineyard vines homosexuals yeah (laughs) that's it I know this. I know this gay, and truly, we are not the same. And that's why. That's why I was like, never. I was never into being in the organized, like, thing with spectrum. The Chad queering gender versus the normalized Chad Chad queers. Fuck you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but that's the other problem with. I I know I said this before, but it, like literally, the the way that people of color and creators of color on YouTube just don't even have to mention race without race getting brought up. I feel like even just the subtle racism of just getting questioned about shit. Like, I feel like all the black creators that are out there, uh, especially Cat Black over the years. Yes. Oh my God. I was going to say, she is one of my favorite ones. She's, she's very consistent and she does mm -hmm. know when she's fucked up. I think people try to like cancel her over some, like, I, and it's mostly just turf. So I think that's like one of those little inside job things is one of my friends. Some people have like said, oh, Cat Black told someone to kill herself. It's like, I think this is just willingly like, um, how do you say that? Um, this is 
truly the bad faith interpretations that yeah. Lewin is afraid of. It's already been happening in the community, and it is entirely pointed towards Cat Black and other Black creators that are up and coming in the left tube space. Yeah, and it's just like what this is why. Like, I mean, they always accuse people of like the left eating of its eating itself, and I think that there is validity to that statement. At the same time, I think that it's that white leftists do have this propensity just to see everything exclusively as class reductionist takes. Like, you know, it's not always just poor. Um, you know, there is an intersection of being poor, of being yeah. black, of being trans, of being. Um, it's not always just a class issue. Like, yes, we do have identity politics, which I use very neutrally in this space, mm-hmm. where it's like, I think it's like there's re- identity politics and there's representation politics. I mean, we literally have mm-hmm. um, the number one California cop right now as the <laughs> vice president, <laughs> our first Southeast Asian black woman vice president. Who's a cop? <laughs> Who's a fucking cop that threw trans women in a men's jail? God, literally some of the highest forms of violence, just in terms of like what you can do as an administration to your own people. Like that's the other thing is that like lawyers and judges see uh, the people who come up to their their court as their people. They're that's those are their citizens, and they have mm-hmm. like this ownership idea. And so if you take it to its logical conclusion, that's saying that she, Kamala Harris is taking these people and going, these are my people who I'm going to commit acts of violence against. Literally, these are the people who I'm going to, you know, um, make, make put out the California wildfires and not even give them an opportunity to, like, you know, become a firefighter afterwards. For that what, like be... 60 cents an hour? Or am I, over, am I overballing No, that? that's... that's you might be honestly because <laughs> genuinely that'd be generous i mean it's already like impossible to live in california at this rate it's like you live you make below 60k and you're already at the poverty line jesus and so it's like you this is just this is violence and i think that when we mm-hmm. think of like representation politics is like i don't feel represented by this oh, i yeah. feel i mean this there is that very I mean so, this is the unfortunate thing a lot of like leftists I think do have this unfortunate class reductionist take like one of my um, this guy I really like I saw him over in Miami he did a comedy show and he, this like he's more of a comedian than he is like a um, uh, political commentator mm-hmm. um, his name is Jimmy Dore I don't know if you know him that well no. Yeah, he's very. He's got a very niche fan base, but he does have these very um, leftist takes that are usually quite right. And it's just the fact that um, he did this very reactionary interview with, with like, you know, literally the day after the Capitol Hill insurrection with, like, a, a member of um, the Boogaloo Boys and saying, oh, this person's not homophobic and, like, believes in Medicare for all and, like, all these, like, you know, progressive policies. And it's like, yeah, you found one person that's, like, you know, not a shithead that identifies with this movement. But the thing is, they identify with... Um, these right-wing, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not, I don't want to say socialist, um, populist, populist mm-hmm. policies because they're empowered by white nationalism to do it. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's libertarians are just like, they, there's just like guns and gay marriage and weed and that's it. There's no yeah. substance beyond their actual policy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes this, the, these leftists take it, it, I wonder how much of this is about 
uh, an, an empathy for people who are actually suffering in these conditions as compared to just trying to uh, uh, almost like butt ends with a the right wing uh, opposite of these values. Like you look at the videos that PragerU makes and Infowars and all of this like far right propaganda. And it, it's almost as if th some of these creators are just making their entire content and personality just like the exact polar opposite of whatever issues are on their those agendas and just being like, well, I oppose the right. And it's like, okay, you oppose the right, but is that based in like wanting to be quote unquote right and correct and historically accurate? And like your children can look back and be like, wow, my dad or mom or whatever was on the right side of history. Or is yeah. it actually based in like, I, these are necessary components for making better working conditions for people who actually need it. Right. Like I want to see the world get better, not just like circle jerk and say, oh, that's bad and not have any like substance beyond it. And when you say like um, opposite of PragerU, I think of uh, the Gravel Institute. They have a, like, I mostly wow. see them on like Twitter and they have a YouTube channel now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like, they're really on it. I'm like the Gravel Institute. I mean, I don't know how much affiliation they have with Senator Mike Gravel, mm -hmm. but truly they have been on the, this information side of content so well that it's just like, it's, I, I can never quite disagree with them. <laughs> right. Where it's just like, it's an, under, it's an understanding, it's a nuance of leftist politics where it's just like um, far more succinct and far more, um, and you know, I haven't seen them, I have never seen them fumble yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, I, that's the other thing is that like, at least uh, like that's more of a direction where you're actually like, okay, I'm going to counteract this specific uh, kind of media outlet where I feel like some of these are just like, oh, I've seen some talk around this topic and, you know, fuck the alt-right, which absolutely, like, fuck the alt-right. But, like, yeah. the, 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 that common, combined with a lack of intersectionality, it doesn't make for great content in the long run. No, and that's, I think, the kind of, I mean, that's where the idea of, like, the left eating itself kind of mm -hmm. does come from, where it is just, like, you know, attacking other leftists and... I mean, that's the thing. What I think, what I hear attacking, especially the way that Natalie talks about it, where it's just like, in her very reductionist take, you know, she says that um, that we've replaced um, leftist policy in action with hyper-morality. And I think that's an extremely, I mean, it's A, kind of glossing over, you know, what we've kind of had to work through and the actual hurdle of getting leftist policy enacted in this country. I mean... We have to, I think part of it, honestly, has to be just getting past the cults of personality. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. we have the squad and, um, but I, I think we kind of just got to move past the squad. Yeah. Yeah. It like, I, it definitely contradicts some of her prior, I mean, she's gotten into big trouble on Twitter for uh, oh, yeah. a lot of stuff in regards to like, quote unquote, and, and she's made videos about this, like the trans trender kind of thing and these straw man arguments that like are personas of people that aren't like based in reality. Oh, the Cantifa cat girl. I can't, I can't with oh, the Antifa cat girl. God. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that was even like in her earliest videos that are, that are still public at least. Um, but even when she did that back then, like there was a semblance of self-realization, self-awareness in that. Mm -hmm. yeah. These are just now. No, this yeah, is a caricature. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like the statement that she had to release was basically like, I can't be trusted with my Twitter account. It needs to all go through some someone else. I do regret making these tweets. You know, like I've learned whatever and uncancel me. And like <laughs> most people accepted it and were like, okay, yeah, like that sounds about right. But then, you know, it, moments like this happen where she's like, everyone is being too hypercritical. And it's like, well, no, then you didn't learn your lesson the first yeah. time. Yeah. We should recancel you. <laughs> Truly just keep her can't. Just keep her locked away. You you were right the first time, you know. Maybe you should just have uh, your publicist do this. <laughs> I mean, you've got Bring the, the Patreon money. Back. Bring her back. S- stick to the videos. I, I hate to sound like people who um, who uh, try to cancel the Dixie Chicks, but truly, or the Chicks. Oh. But it's like yeah. truly, um, shut up and sing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> shut up on shut up on YouTube. Do do the thing that you have had success with up until this point. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, oh, God, I'm looking at her channel now. Like, it's an hour and a half video, and I'm like, ah, that's why I didn't watch it. It's The JK Rowling video. Yeah, exactly, and that's the other part of it, is that it's like, it's so long. I, I did watch Lindsay Ellis's last video, or did I? It was the one uh, about uh, transphobia in media. That was a good one. That one was really, really good. Um, but I think a uh, part of it that did get to me was the fact that she had started it with a bit with contrapoints, where she was like, "It's me versus contrapoints," and like, it almost felt like when you kind of like put your black friend over, and you're like, "I'm going uh, to talk about this." This the I've cosine. Exactly. Exactly. The I can talk about the about... trans issues because. I'm getting a co-sign from my trans friend. It The whole bit about, like, we talk about this all the time. It felt super like I am allowed to talk about this as a cis woman. And I, I don't think... I'm trying to not wrong. get canceled today. Thank <laughs> you. Like, it, you didn't have to put that in there. And I probably wouldn't have thought about it if you had, you know, just gone with the video as it is. Because it's a good video. And she The does most she could have done, just like like give Natalie the credit in the video. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. I, I, and not even, I wasn't even thinking about it because it's like the scrutiny of it. Like to scrutinize that this is a, like a cis woman's take on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally it's like, I mean, because it's a very, you know, it's a fairly agreeable point. You know, the history of transphobia in media does stretch back to the idea of LGBT people having this, perception as being deceptive mm-hmm. and that's just a general cultural th- i think it's not terribly unagreeable you couldn't have just like you know not thrown in that little skit at the beginning yeah yeah and also just like her as a like her history on youtube has been mostly about media criticisms and like yeah oh god media. i i didn't even realize she was the, the nostalgia chick <laughs> The channel awesomeness stuff that had, like, transpired and then uh, realizing that Lindsay Ellis was connected to all of it is insane. I remember reading that Google Doc, like, on the train, just, like, ripping through it. Just, it was wild, dude. (laughs) Oh, my God. I didn't even realize until uh, one of my absolute favorite YouTubers, Quentin Reviews, talked about it. Mm, I don't think I'm familiar. Their content is really... I fully suggest to you and anyone listening all of my many followers listening to my influence right now watch quinton reviews videos they are entertaining they have a good personality and um yeah they'll change your life i mean they're 
they're another white like media YouTuber, media criticism YouTuber. But I think that they that they've got the entertainment factor. I think in the same kind of the same vein as Lindsay. That it's probably why the algorithm pushes it on me. <laughs> More than likely, oh I actually had the algorithm push um, this really like um, it was like a fallen something similar to like. Oh, hold on. Similar to Quentin's like Fallen Titan series, where it was just like, um, you know, fallen people on YouTube and fallen like social media presence. And I found them and it's like, then, and I like wonder, like, hey, why do you have Joey Salads on your channel? Like, doing a video <laughs> with you. And then I like click through Twitter. It's like, oh, no, you just generally politically ascribe to shitheadism. Like, you think that no one can make content anymore because, like, the fucking take of no one can be creative in this day and age because everyone's so sensitive. It's like, this sounds like every fucking hack 90s comedian complaining about why they can't make wife-beating jokes in the 90s. Oh, my God. Literally. Also, like, uh, the the whole thing about, like, oh, like, everyone is canceled and, like, no, you can't say anything in this PC culture. And it's like Lil Nas, as, Lil Nas X can't make a music video for himself without... Uh, sparking an uprising from seriously, people to burn their Nikes. Oh my god, it's it, uh, it's insane! Like, talk about cancel culture. You're literally going buck wild because you use Satan imagery. Like, literally, it, it's not like he's even singing about Satan. Like, relax for a second, please. Just unplanned. he's singing about himself, and he's twerking on a CGI Satan. <laughs> That's it. That's literally. That's it. it. Your faves in the fucking 70s and 60s had all sorts of satanic imagery. The Beatles had some, some satanic shit in their music. Literally. And it's it's just like, okay, I, I see. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. guys can all be deadheads, but Lil Nas X can't be. Uh, yeah, seriously. Uh, just, it express, and this, it's self-expression, really. It's like, oh, we're protecting children. It's like, okay, so what about Matt Gates? you know, having an underage 17-year-old, uh, <laughs> underage... Uh, uh, fucking um, sex uh, ring or whatever, or having a literal like child live in, yeah, child trafficking and having the a fact little. That it wasn't about Nestor. Oh yeah, I was like, wait a minute, there's another one. I was <laughs> like, wait, hold on, cut the cameras. <laughs> I thought it was going to be about Nestor when I saw Matt Gates fucking trending and everyone was talking about it. I was like, this is going to be about Nestor, his son, quote unquote. Son, yeah. Very loosely. It's like the man who pays for you to go on holiday. God, what? Like, what? He's like, oh, yeah, Nestor's not involved with his actual real-life family. Like, he's not even a, an orphan or anything like that. I don't. And know. he's owned by the guy who signed a bill against, um, you know, defending sex trafficker or uh, against stopping human sex trafficking. Yeah, because he's, he's bringing 17-year-old quote-unquote women Across state lines, it, I, <laughs> I I cannot believe. Yeah, like that. That's that's the real fucking shit. We should cancel. Instead, he gets a Tucker Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, and that's the thing is like, I mean, going back to like, I mean, I I like Jimmy Dore's work, but mm -hmm. I think of the sometimes when there is that willing obtuseness of his work where he'll go on Tucker Carlson and like people like him and Gren. Glenn Greenwald, that as an Asian person is a tongue twister. Glenn Greenwald. <laughs> I, I don't want to go stereotype when I say that name, but yeah, I think when they go on Tucker Carlson, it's like, 
how much are you doing this because like you're trying to you know bring a populist leftist agenda to like the Fox News audience because honestly there is that intersection I mentioned before but then it's like are you buddy buddying up to them just because you know you might want to be part of them you want to be where the people are yeah no I mean I think that's a valid criticism and and something to be wary of because like That's the other thing is that like, I think most people recognize the fact that these creators and this content is made by people and there is a willingness to like forgive and forget, but the way to do it is not delete your Twitter page. I mean, not even a single statement being made or anything like that. Deleting her Twitter page is calculated. I was like, this is a way to just silence people with real criticism. And then when Natalie said like, oh, look at the the toxic cancel culture mob because, you know, one person said, yes, let's go after her and Contra and Natalie, uh, 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 Lindsay, uh, what's her name? Jenny. It's like every white girl name just spiraled in my mind right now. (laughs) Jenny Jenny Nicholson. Literally, it's like, it's like they are, these are the, the, the whitest names possible are the ones that are the names of these YouTube content creators. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenny Nicholson. It's like, what did Jenny? And I look through the the criticism of Jenny Nicholson. It's like this is objectively not that bad. It's like kind of tone deaf, but truly, yeah, she's I made have a couple like Star Wars bad takes, whatever nonsense. But like, honestly, it's just like boring. I don't know. Yeah, it, like, there's a white girl from it? Canada. Yeah, they have exactly. a they have slightly different cultural things than we do. And that's not, to, that's not to forgive her, but it's just like, there's different nuances to their culture than ours. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Their president like, does blackface, you know, ours just <sighs> walks up black people. <laughs> it's like a different flavor of the racism. Yeah, it's that up north, like, cutesy Canadian racism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's, very, um, it's very polite racism. Oh, yeah, as in, as in doing blackface at a flat frat party. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, exactly, exactly. But I think and same with Sarah Z too. Like, what did she do? I don't know, but what like is, the fact that Sarah she's Zed getting do? thrown, Sarah Z, the fact that she's Canadian. getting thrown in there is just like it's the Canadian connection, honestly. The Canadian connection. That sounds like a fun band name. <laughs> but yeah, it's like these. Are, I mean, they make pretty innocuous content. Like, fucking mm-hmm. the last big thing Jenny Nicholson has done is like a whole review of the entire Land Before Time series. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, that's the other thing is that, like, I feel like her, Lindsay, and Sarah tend to be thrown into Left Tube, despite the fact that most of the time their content is more about, like, media critiques than yeah, it is. Yeah, there's, like, a lightly lightly leftist um, take of it. Yeah. But, I mean, there is just, like, it is kind of just this sphere of, like, academic, um, white, left-wing, and I think that there's just um god it's i think it's inherently white just because of the sphere of academia and who is allowed in um who just is part of it i mean it's like mm-hmm. there is a and at one part i think it's the algorithm it's another part i think it's just the community around it i mean there's a lot of really good like um people of color crowd to creators like black like hat black is insanely like, she's on it um Hassan Piker is really oh, that is that is uh, my dad. <laughs> That's my dad. 
That is literally my dad. He's like, oh, he's, I think he used to work for Young Turks, and like a lot of people, he left Young Turks um, mm-hmm. because, you know, his views are very leftist, and he's usually a, you know, he's a, like a live streamer now. I think he does a lot. And I think that's just because of more of where his content goes. It's more of that live stream uh, as opposed to the video essay format where oh, it's just... is this... Um... Okay, wait. I think I know who this is now. Yeah. He does a lot more um, live stream kind of where he like uh, talks about these topics a lot more. Yeah, I've watched, I've watched a couple of his uh, clips. He'll like actually like sit down and watch some of these videos that like come up about relevant topics and like go through these tweets and, and, and all of that on live chat and like be able to pull all of those uh, from Twitch. Yeah, I think that though in general, I think I'm, I mean, from what I'm seeing from the algorithm, what I've just been picking up, like there's a lot more either YouTubers that just either like uh, in this kind of sphere that like I just don't show their face. Like people like, um, I watched one today by a guy named Jay Aubrey. Mm. Is really they? I don't think they show their face, but I just know they're like a probably a white gay man. Um, <laughs> the the right opinion is another one. They did a whole fucking like dissertation, like a three hour epic about fucking Nikocado Avocado's career. Oh, that one! I yes. wait, wait, I've seen that one. Yes, that is a dissertation. It is so long. I could. I only watched the first half hour of it, and then I was like, I oh. God, I did it in pieces. I, I did it in pieces. <laughs> Genuinely, I only did it in pieces because it gave me body dysmorphia the whole time. Oh, oh my god, oh no. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I can't watch enough of it. I can't watch a lot of this twink just like making himself, like, watching him gorge himself without like feeling like dysmorphic. So I'm just going to not do that. Um, I have watched all of the Saw movies and they do not gross me out as much as watching him <laughs> that's not even eating that is gorging that is yeah like, exactly it is just it's so disgusting unpleasant. i just can't it, it, it's literally worse than gore for me <laughs> i don't know what i don't know if this is like the immigrant mentality especially where it's just like i'm watching two people waste food so indulgently oh god i know oh my god it's just it's so it's so terrible. It's like how the mukbang community got into like a bunch of drama over the fact that people were like apparently spitting out their food off camera. <laughs> and cutting. What? Yeah, this was like a huge piece of drama. What? They would like eat food and then like cut out all the bits where they apparently had like a spit bucket, like Hollywood like actual style. TV. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Well, would, that would, would explain like, why that girl that like, called oh him out god. was like tiny. <laughs> They'd be like, oh my god, she's not swallowing. Like, watch a 45-minute video of her eating, but she's never swallowing a bit of food, and they're like, she's definitely spitting. <laughs> As if that makes it... I mean, it is wasteful. It's like, you know, there's children starving in Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, exactly. That's my uh, like my favorite line out of anything in uh, Crazy Rich Asians. It's just like, <laughs> finish your chicken nuggets. There's kids starving in America. You want to look like her? She's from America. And they point to Constance Wu. Oh my god. Literally. <laughs> that's that's the better take, honestly. Fuck that whole, like... The kids starving in Africa. Africa. Shut up. Yeah, especially, I mean, there is the, there's this, like, a mild critique about that film just being, like, you know, the acceptable kind of Asian, like, a model minority kind mm-hmm. of Asian, where it's, mm-hmm. like, these are just ri- little crazy rich. Like, they're from Singapore... They have an insane amount of money and, you know, 
I mean, in terms of like Filipino representation, the only Filipino people in that movie are either, um, you know, the rainbow sheep of the family, Nico Santos, who mm-hmm. Super Short just ended, and that's kind of like, uh, I hope he gets a sh- I go hope he gets more work. Um, they're maids, or they're a literal princess. Like we have a literal like a princess from our country in that movie. Oh, like. Is she an like, actual character? I can't remember, honestly. She was very, like, she was briefly in there, but she's in the movie. She's a princess. In real life, she actually is, like, part of our, like, not royal family, but, like, she's related to, like, very high-ranking people. Oh. It's like, ah, so this is what we get. We get the maids or the princesses. <laughs> Maybe one in-between character. Literally, there's there's only there's only the good and the bad ones. Yeah, and it's like, in terms of just Asian media coming up, it's like, I guess there's a lot more. I mean, there's a lot more than when we were kids. Because, like, mm-hmm. well, I think when I was a kid, the, the mo- I mean, I grew up here in Florida being, like, the only Asian kid in most of my classes. So, like, the only point of reference people had was Jackie Chan. Mm. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't This is going to manifest later in my life, but I'm not going to know how to deal with that right now. Um, but now there's so much. There's like so many actually cool characters. That's true. That's true. And I think yeah. if I mean to if if Disney wants to just make like a girl boss Asian character, <laughs> that's not going to stop anything. Really, it's not revolutionary. We had Mulan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna pretend that I didn't watch the uh, Mulan reboot, even though I did. That existed. Maybe. I I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. It, it's crazy how sometimes people float around the idea, but uh, it just know, never happened. It, they never, um, you know, they never thanked a whole concentration camp. No. <laughs> they never had their lead actress just say, "Oh fuck the Hong Kong protesters." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Everything is cool. It's all fine. I mean, yeah, they're delaying a, a whole movie they have with Army Hammer, but the girl saying. It's okay for Hong Kong, for them to fuck the people in Hong Kong. CCP is okay by me. Um, that's fine. I am going to have the ch- the CCP on me now. Saying that, it, it yeah. So hypothetical movie aside, <laughs> <laughs> movie that never existed aside. Um, <laughs> have you se- have you seen Raya? I'm, I feel like I've been talking about it, but I, I didn't even know if you've have, seen it. I have not. I don't have any. Disney Plus uh, or or any streaming services, so I just watch things illegally online. And Raya is a little bit hard to come by in the uh, in the dark web at, at this moment, but I'm sure at I'll be this able to moment, find it. Disney's encryption is so a one. <laughs> that's why just that's why just share passwords with people. I oh, it, there's no point in it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I just uh, I I don't know. It's it's nice to. Uh, Sometimes I, I just like to feel something by avoiding viruses on my computer. That is true. Oh, God. I <laughs> I have avoided that for decades because of um, I was there in the great times of LimeWire and oh, the Pirate God, Bay. <sighs> How many times my, compu- my family computer has just crashed on me because of LimeWire? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then listening to songs, hearing, like, the weird... Like the Bill Clinton, like <laughs> the Bill Clinton, like ad instead of the Green Day album I was trying to download. 
God, it's terrible. You get someone's weird, terrible cover of like Linkin Park's Numb, and you're like, I guess I'm going to listen to this now. Like, I seated this for five hours just to listen to this. <laughs> I got several Trojans for this. <laughs> Literally just compromising my family's computer so I can hear some 12 year old sing this. Okay. It's like, oh, I hate it. That's what this. I deserve. Truly, it's, I mean, as a kid, kids are dumb. That's why kids shouldn't be on these sites, especially, I mean, I had a, a cousin stay with me for a while, mm-hmm. and it's like he went on, like, regular, he was, like, on, like, I don't know if it was, like, kids YouTube or regular YouTube, but it's like, how are you watching this when your parents, I, I know your parents raised you on an iPad, but, like, how are you watching, like, uh, Fortnite, whatever, or, like, Five Nights at Freddy stuff? I guess Five Nights at Freddy is getting a little more, like, kitty friendly because the the creator like knows like i'm not gonna let this cash cow die anytime soon that's why he's just made every possible game on it yep yep and made like even like little mobile games so it's like because these kids aren't gonna you know pretend to be a uh night guard in a pizza restaurant i don't know i i've only watched <laughs> let's plays of it <laughs> uh, as someone who has played the game i still cannot understand the hype around it like it it is literally just a standard indie horror game. I Yeah. I guess. You know, it just the the whatever's the next big thing with kids and I literally cannot understand what makes serotonin course through their brains whether it's like Fortnite or Five Nights at Freddy's or Among Are we still out of like, touch? Are we out of touch with the young generation? <laughs> no, we don't understand them, the wrong. kids. <laughs> it's the kids that are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. I'm still right. I'm hip. I'm cool. I'm yeah, like, never. Anything. I I live in a cool, gentrified city. You know, <laughs> I go to coffee shops. Although I was at a, I was in Saint Petersburg over in Tampa the other day, and I was like, this this one like thrift store was playing a pan, like a. I feel like it was exactly like the Pandora. MGMT 2013 radio station I used to listen to in high school. It's like, well, wow, they've got all the hits. These are from ten years ago. Oh God! I yeah, I heard um, I heard a Phoenix song, oh, um, oh. and I in a, like a in like a clothing store, and then I looked it up, and I was like, oh my God, this is old! Like this is classic indie rock! Like it's not, it's no longer just indie rock; it's classic indie rock. It's oh my God! I heard a White Stripes song on like the <laughs> the local like you know. Oh, only rock station in my area and it's like oh i'm all i'm like uh, <laughs> yeah i had my sticky friday moment i'm old the i can't go on tiktok and like listen to these uh gen z's call me a millennial because like i listened to uh i what is that flyleaf song Apparently, if you like hear, uh, I can feel you all around me, and you all like, around me. Yeah. So if me. you hear the, if you see those lyrics and you hear uh, the Flyleaf song, then you're a millennial. But if you hear all around me are familiar faces, that one song, then you're oh you're Donnie Darko. <laughs> Wait, why would that be Gen Z? Donnie Darko came out in like 2000. I don't know, dude. I don't know. It was. It Is was it just memes? The, Bro, it was just like a TikTok. I just, I can't even justify it. It was someone's opinion. These kids shouldn't have anything. We had Donnie Darko. <laughs> Donnie Darko was our bad, confusing movie with fine-ass Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh my god. You um, kids find your own. 
Make your own. Hell, some of you are already making songs. Like just Ga- Jake Gyllenhaal into in your bad, confusing movie that makes zero sense, and say it's a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> oh my god! I still don't get Donnie Darko. I've watched it several times, and I like it as a conceit, but <laughs> as a film, it's so confusing. I have not watched it to be honest, so. Uh, everything that I know is just through cultural osmosis. Yeah, ex- I, it was uh, that exclusively. I was like, at a certain point, I was like, I just want to watch it just to know what this is about. Mm, okay, I see. And you still don't. <laughs> it still doesn't make I, sense. It doesn't make sense, but I think it's. I think I just think it's neat. I just I just think it's neat. That's it. <laughs> the, the Simpsons memes are just popping off tonight. Oh my god, you know, that's the thing that's so sad at watching modern Simpsons is like, they sometimes try and reference that, and this mm. show is just never going to end. Yeah, yeah. I'll stop beating this dead horse once it stops giving Making money. Making money. <laughs> <laughs> Bo <Burnham>. Yeah. Truly, <laughs> because it's like, what are they on, like, season, like, 40-something now? They've just passed, like, 700 episodes. Uh, probably, I don't know. Like, they need to give, well, they need to give Marsha Wallace, the voice of Marge, like, a break, because, good God, she can't do that voice anymore. It sounds like it hurts her voice to do it. Oh, they, ran, they ran out of plots, like, seasons ago. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you can't, it just, it's just not sustainable. Like, you, it's a show. Let it die. <laughs> True. I think there's a reason why shows have never lasted this long. I mean, they say, mm-hmm. like, it's a big accomplishment. There's a reason why a lot of shows don't last this long. Like, yeah. even one of my favorites currently is, like, Shit's Creek, and it's, like, they made the decision to end it when it was good. I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. It's, it's... like, what is that um, uh, uh, Batman quote, you live long enough to see yourself to the... into the villain? Or you die a hero. Yeah, exactly. You die, you die a hero, hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain, which a lot of shows have just seen themselves become the villain, because The Simpsons kind of just became that, like, just really one note show where it's just like we ran out of plots let's see uh sideshow bob marry someone it's a it's a mad lib just literally (laughs) we are the that's the whole series now and it's so it's so sad and i think that um i literally watched someone on youtube do a whole review of Mm -hmm. every episode of the simpsons up to that point this um guy named ls mark Oh my god, that's insane! Yeah, he reviewed every. I mean, some of it was just like one word, like "eh." Oh, okay. okay. Which, like, I I appreciate that because some Simpsons episodes really just "eh." Yeah. And it's like, the, well, how much more can you say? But that's like that was one where it's like that's really that's like that was entertaining to watch, and that was like hours. Mm-hmm. I think that's like I think to that point, you know, you can make these long form content. You just got to make it like worth sitting through the whole thing for. Mm-hmm. Because I think um, I just like had a I had like a mild list of like my favorite current YouTubers. Um, I think in terms of like short form people, like D'Angelo Wallace. I if you call that short form, yeah, yeah he has yeah, some really long form videos. Yeah, the um, I know the ones specifically talking about the beauty community were all long ones, but I love his classic. Like, all right, I've reached ten minutes of content. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and you can tell it's like it's fumfering through for time yeah <laughs> it's 
like, and that's 10. Let's go. Yep. Yep. I respect, I respect him a lot. I really uh, enjoy his content. Um, and I think to your point about like the long form content, I think it would be more beneficial to see like longer form videos or like videos that are just like the exact length that you want it to be and about topics that you do want to talk about, but like are also worth the video because some of these can just be tweets to yeah. be honest. But oh like, yeah. Some of these videos, it's like, okay, like you clearly have a lot to say and there's like a lot to talk about. And I'd rather see these like really passionate videos whenever they kind of strike rather than this almost like uh, uh, obligation to post once a month or like on a schedule. Like, I wonder how much damage it was for someone like ContraPoints. And also, uh, I wonder if we're going to hear about it later on with philosophy tube abigail thorne about mm -hmm. having to have your transition as part of your content like that oh yeah very public suck. and also i think that i think that's kind of the thing with Con with natalie it's like when she stopped being able to mine the transition thing she started mm -hmm. mining the canceling thing and i think there's only yeah. so much you can can't you can mine a point until it's like extremely mute extremely moot like i think mm -hmm. that's probably why she did the jk Rowling video because she is a quite a visible trans person talking about one of the most visible transphobes. Right. Yeah. And I even talked about the Blair situation. I mean, cause I, I remember this from the D'Angelo video where it's like, yeah, she literally lied about cause someone, I, I have friends who try who watch um, Blair and mm -hmm. I was like, this is, and they said per her video, which is like, Oh, you know, that whole thing about her book about this trans predator, that was one line. It's like, and then someone actually said, uh, I, I actually read the book, and it was most of the book. But I was even like, even if it's just the one line, like, yeah. or the one descriptor of it, J.K. Rowling isn't doing this for her own, to, to you know, as her little hobby to satiate her, um, her time, you know. She may be the richest person in, the, in like, the whole UK, but she's mm -hmm. doing this for a, a reason. She's selling a narrative. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's like, yeah, I think the, it's an interesting point that you bring up the whole like being able to farm content off of these descriptors. And I think that's where the identity politics comes in, where like you become the face of whatever issue that you decide to pioneer. I think what was really interesting was I watched Abigail Thorne's coming out video and she spent most of it talking about trans issues, sure. And she mentions like trans people of color have this kind of worse. And it was like this almost throwaway line that was thrown in near the end of the video. Uh. She talked about all these different trans issues. And sure, that's okay. it's like, okay, I'm gonna use my platform to shed light on all of these things. But at the same time, like, this is also your coming out video. Like, you are, you can just say, like, I'm coming out, period. Like, yeah. YouTube now allows you to basically, essentially, like, tweet shit out, like, say things to you. Oh, yeah, the messages. Without, yeah, without having to make a video. So, like, you don't have to put yourself out there and you don't have to make content out of all of this and like is this really necessary and like she's sitting there talking about mining that trauma for something yeah like she's like literally sitting there going i'm uncomfortable and i'm happy that my friends and people who knew stayed quiet about it until i was ready but i'm still like very much scared and i'm just like oh yeah because even at some point someone was threatening like nikki tutorials with like 
like outing her as a trans woman. Oh my god, that was terrible. Literally, like what? Like there's so much violence, and I get that, and it is like truly terrifying. But like, does this need? Like, are we reaching a point of where this is like trauma porn? <laughs> yes, I think that's part of it, and it's like. I think it's just this level of oversharing and trauma porn. Like, like even with the ContraPoints video about like the cringe and shame, it's like, mm-hmm. oh god, I get the point, but it just sounds like you're trying to like re- loosely tie back like an uncomfortable experience to like a larger issue at hand, yeah. and that just seems like, um, like yeah. Uh, <laughs> are you okay? You, you know have that conversation with maybe I don't know a therapist. therapist. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Like, maybe talk to, I, I, I guess if you are talking to a therapist, that's great, but, like, maybe not everything has to be a video chat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you put it out there, it's like, God, this might be even more detrimental in your mental health, because, like, you know, being a fucking trans person or being a brown person or being, like, anything that isn't a white guy on this, like, platform, it's just, like, the comments, uh, help, hold all comments for review. Literally, literally, because like, uh, uh, and even what what sucks is that there are some things that like kind of slip through the cracks of those things where it's like we are more willing to be uh, uh, critical and and criticize people who are not like your neurotypical cis het white guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so then like we will just keep churning out content regardless. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's so difficult, and I totally get that. But, it like, I remember there was a video where ContraPoints was talking about, like, I hate the fact that some of you have seen me prior to my transition and, like, even in between my transition because she was continuously making content and, like, keeping her videos up. And, like... And she deleted a lot of... The, I share the... Del- I think she deleted them up to the the incels video mm-hmm. uh, and there's a couple from before that like basically from three years ago and on is when her content was but she's been on the internet for close to a decade like i've been following her since since like way before um she actually came out and so like the, there's a lot of content that got scrubbed from her channel um, oh yeah oh yeah because see people like reference things that like I like oh I was not around for like her interviewing Blair Wyatt and all that. Yeah, yeah. And like she When she been... was when she was still non-binary. Yeah, yeah. Her non-binary I'll, I'll call it a phase. <laughs> phase. It's not a phase, mom. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to be dismissive of it, but at the same time like she's not well, it's, non-binary, a, it's a it's so. a segment of her life. Yeah. Yeah. During that like time, she was like really reflective of like her prior like t- internalized transphobia basically just like how she was not uncom- she was not comfortable in her gender identity and it was still this like lingering question in her mind but mm-hmm. like tr- putting that in a youtube video and being like hi i'm still struggling with gender like <laughs> yes yeah. maybe this is the place to do that is that the best course of action if you yeah. want that video cuz once you put it on the internet baby it's
this kind of weird backwards track instead of values. fucking church basement in Brooklyn. I was like, <laughs> I got to see her before this. And it's like, I knew who she was just because I was around her. Like, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever this weird mystique people have built around her, it's just like totally whatever their idea is from her songs. Oh, God. Yeah. And it is, it is like so weird to see the shift because I remember when like, I was I I remember her music being on Bandcamp like that's how far yeah. back I remember being her fan of like when that whole bedroom pop like we didn't have like it wasn't called bedroom pop but like that kind of idea of just like 